Good morning, everyone. Great to see everybody this morning. Um, I'm not real technologically advanced, I guess you would say. Um, I've been teaching Sunday school in Awana for a long time, but I've never preached a sermon before. So this is going to be new to you, and it's going to be new to me. Um, But I I was going to look up on the Internet how to preach a sermon. Um, Because I thought for sure it would say on there that you start out with a story or a joke. So here's my story, and it's about Steve, and I asked Bill and Kent and Aunt Carley if I could tell this story, but it's a good one. It happened probably 30 years ago. Gary mentioned something earlier that he doesn't want me to preach too long today, and this is exactly what that story's about. Um, Steve always sat up here in the front, and he was very attentive. He'd stand, he'd sing, he'd dance, he'd do whatever everybody else was doing, and maybe a little bit more, but that's Okay. And I think it was Pastor Tuttle that was preaching, like I said, probably 30 years ago. And he was going on a little bit too long. And at one point, Steve, who was sitting right up here in the front, stood up. Nobody else was standing. Steve stood up, pointed to his watch, looked at Uncle Cal and Aunt Carley, and walked out. I don't know if you remember that, but I remember that. And that was, nobody knew what to do, especially the pastor. I think he just kept right on going. Jay, that was actually a guest speaker. Was it? <laughs> yeah. And of course, Uncle Cal and Aunt Carly were sitting over here and they just wanted to go away. You know, but uh, there we were. Uh, well, I can I tell you that story for two reasons. Number one, I love that story. And number two, Gary, we're not going to go that long today. So if, any, if I do happen to start rambling on, any one of you can feel free to stand up point at your watch or look at your phone and walk out. I will get the hint. Um, The portion of scripture that we're going to look at this morning is found in the book of Acts chapter 4. So if you want to turn there, uh, this is a great story. And this is a story that I've I've taught to the Awana kids several times over the years. Um, But it's Acts chapter 4. Let's open up with a word of prayer and then we'll go ahead and get started. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, just once again, we thank you for this day. Uh, Thank you for allowing us to be here. Lord, I just ask that you would give me the words to say that these people need to hear, not to make myself look good by any means, but, Lord, that your word would be proclaimed today and that, and that lives might be changed. So, Lord, just work here today, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Acts chapter 4, starting at the very beginning. Um, we'll read some, and then we'll talk about some, and then we'll read some more and so forth. Uh, it says, The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. So the story, we have to set the story up. In in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John had just healed a man. Um, The book of Acts takes place right after the Gospels, and the word gospel means good news, and the Gospels were all about Jesus Christ. Um, Basically, his whole life, from from his birth through his ministry and his death, burial, and resurrection that we just actually celebrated at Easter about a month ago. Um, But they were doing, Jesus spent most of his ministry, most of his time on earth, he spent with his disciples, teaching them and training them to take over for him when he was gone. He knew he wasn't going to be here. He knew why he was here, and he knew he wasn't going to be here real long, and he was eventually going to be taken away. And that happened. Jesus died, was put in the grave, 
was buried and arose and then ascended, or then it was taken back up into heaven at the very end of the book of John and the very beginning of Acts chapter of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is known as the church age, which is the age that we're still in today. Um, the, the apostles that Jesus spent all this time with were sent out to preach the gospel. And they were supposed to start churches. And Grace Bible is one of those churches. They didn't start it, but it's the same kind of a thing. We're all supposed to be here. And our responsibility as believers and as churchgoers is to tell others about Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here. So this story takes place, and Peter and John were doing just that. When Jesus left, he said, I'm, not, I'm going to leave, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to indwell in you and give you the power that I have. You're going to be able to have that same kind of power. You're going to be able to heal people. You're going to be able to tell people how to come to know Jesus or himself and what he did for them on the cross. You see, the old sacrifice system was now gone. Jesus had passed away, had died on the cross. He was the salvation that we all needed. He shed his blood for each one of us. So they didn't have to sacrifice anymore or things anymore like that because Jesus was the sacrifice for us. So Peter and John were out doing that. And it says at one point in Acts chapter 3, they healed a man. And this man had been lame since birth. And he was about 40 years old. Jesus only lived 30 to 33 years, somewhere in there. The bulk of his ministry was the last three years of his, or the last, the, the gospels took place basically in the last three years of his life, was most of what he had done. Um, but he had healed many people. Wherever he went, he healed people. They were coming to him. They, they just wanted to touch his clothes. They just wanted to do anything. Um, but Jesus healed people. And now the disciples were supposed to do the same thing. And Peter and John had done that. They had healed this man. And the Roman government did not like this Jesus movement at all. I think Herb made mention to that a couple of weeks ago in his sermon. The Roman government wanted this movement stopped at any cost, and they were persecuting the church. They were persecuting people, and they would do whatever they wanted to persecute, whether it be killing someone or beating them, throwing them in jail, whatever. Um, the, The government did not want this movement to go any further, so they tried to stop it. So in this story, now in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John were arrested. Um, but they had preached the gospel, and this Jesus movement was growing because here it says about 5,000 people accepted the Lord and knew and, and started to follow him. The government didn't want them to follow him anymore because they thought they would not pay their taxes anymore and they would not do what the government asked them to do. They would only do what Jesus wanted them to do. Um, but the number was growing. So let's read on a little bit more in verse 5. They threw them in jail after they arrested him. The next day, the rulers... Elders and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. And they asked, By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, Then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. So again, Peter and John had an opportunity to preach the gospel didn't matter where they were. They were standing in front of the most powerful people in the land. These guys could have had them thrown in jail. They could have had them killed, beaten, 
whatever they wanted to do. They had the power to do that. As a matter of fact, um, Acts, the first part of the book of Acts, in a few chapters we're going to hear about a man by the name of Saul. Saul, who later became Paul, started as a tremendous persecutor of the church. He carried letters with him wherever he went, giving him the right to do whatever he wanted to to Christians to stop that movement. Um, whether it be having them killed, beaten, like I said before, thrown in jail. He had the right, and he had that on those letters that he carried with him. Well, here, these two guys were arrested. Now what do they do? They're standing before the highest people in the land, and they're starting to ask them, by what name are you doing this? Where are you getting, this, where are you getting these ideas from? And they stand up and they say, salvation is found in no one else. You know, they, they knew that the government wasn't going to save them from anything. It's kind of like our government today. They're not really going to save us from anything. They're just going to give us some more trouble. Um, but here, they knew that the government wasn't going to give them anything. So they were proudly proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. Um, they didn't care where they were. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healing, or had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody living in Jerusalem knows that they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn these men to speak no longer to anyone in this name. So they said, what are we going to do? These guys were ordinary guys, like you and I. Me, probably a little bit more ordinary than all you guys. But they were just ordinary men. But, but these leaders could see that these guys had been with Jesus. And one of the reasons they could see that is because of their courage. They were not afraid to speak, even in this courtroom, of what they had witnessed and what they had seen and how they had lived. Um, so they, they were still confused as to what to do. We can't they said that we really don't want to punish them too much because it could start an uproar because they, had, they have just done a tremendous thing. They've healed a man who was paralyzed since birth, 40 years, and everybody could see that guy was standing there walking around with them, talking and praising God. So they didn't really know what to do. They were kind of stumped. So in verse 18, the story goes on a little bit. They had, gone, they had dismissed Peter and John, and they were conferring together, talking about what they were going to do. They brought them back in, verse 18. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God, for we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. It says, After further threats, they let them go. They threatened them, and they probably slapped them on the hand a little bit, but they really couldn't do very much. It says they let them go. Um, they could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. So, again, they really didn't know how to handle this situation. They probably, in the past, they had just decided to punish someone, beat them, throw them in jail, do whatever they had to do, and that was kind of the end of it. Those people probably didn't speak too much anymore. But when they did that to Peter and John... Peter and John were not going to be quiet. There was nothing they could do that was going to shut them up. So they said, what are we going to do? Basically, they slapped them on the wrist and said, don't you ever do that again and let them go. Now what did they do? Verse 23. <coughs> Excuse me. 
On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of the holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is a pretty powerful story. And it should teach us a little bit of a lesson. You know, our responsibility as Christians, and this is what I always tell the, the kids in Awana and even the Sunday school classes, our responsibility as Christians is to tell others. Um, and there's several old statements I can use. You know, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to tell others about Jesus Christ, and if you have to, use words. You know, you're supposed to live a life that's a little bit different. Um, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be the same as everybody else in this world, but be transformed by the changing of your mind. And I got another story about somebody else in church, and I asked him if I could do it. It's about Stan. And when I first asked Stan the other day if I could do this, his eyes got kind of wide. So I wanted, to, I wanted to warn him. But I can remember Stan and I, I'm three years older than Stan. We've always been good friends or good friends for a long time. Um, and the friendship probably started to build after high school, I would say. And, and Stan will admit that in high school he cut kind of a wide path, right, Stan? Probably wasn't the kind of person he was supposed to be. But one night, or one day, um, I was out with Dad, and we were drying corn out at the elevator, and we had a problem, and we had to call Boyce Electric. So Glenn Earl and Stan came out. And uh, Dad was off with Glenn Earl talking about something, and Stan and I were kind of together talking about something. And at one point, Stan says to me, he says, I accepted Christ last night. And I thought, wow. You know, I knew Stan. I knew what he was like. And I said, okay, we'll see. <clears throat> well, you know what? He changed. And this is the point of the story that I want to make. Stan changed. We're supposed to be a little bit different than everybody else around us. We're not supposed to be weird or odd. People are just supposed to be able to see something in us that maybe they don't have. And that's exactly what they mentioned here. They could see that these two guys had been with Jesus. Can people tell that we're a follower of Jesus Christ? And I wondered what would happen with Stan. But you know what? He changed. Started going to BSF, Bible Study Fellowship. Met together at his house a couple of times. Had prayer meetings and had some Bible studies and different things. And I knew that Stan had changed. I think it was, I mean, I know it was sincere. We're supposed to be the same way. We're supposed to spread the gospel. We're not supposed to be afraid of what might happen. Because our responsibility is to tell others about Jesus Christ. <clears throat> you know, there's an old saying that says, when you pass away, you can't take anything with you. It's not necessarily true. You can take friends. Maybe not right away, but you can take your friends to heaven with you, and that's where we want them to go. So it's our responsibility to tell them. The Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was with Peter and John is with us today. We're supposed to go out and tell others. Um, when I was in youth group, again, we had an old saying that says, if if you were accused of being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? 
You know, we really need to think about that. How do we live our life? Is it different than anybody else? Can somebody see something different in us that maybe they want to be a part of? Um, We're not supposed to be afraid of what the world might do to us. We don't suffer much persecution here in this country. We really don't. We're not thrown in jail generally. We're not beaten. We're not killed. Those kind of things. Other parts of the country, yeah. Um, You have to be much careful in other parts of the world, I should say, but not here. But we we still shouldn't be afraid. In closing, I'm going to, Tim is going to play a song. It's called Fear is a Liar. It's on popular Christian radio today. It's a great song. And the words are going to be up here with it, I believe. The whole song doesn't necessarily pertain to what we're doing here. But we're not supposed to be afraid of, of telling people about Jesus, whether it's how you live your life or what you say. So keep that in mind as you hear this song, and then after that song is over, I'll come up and close with a word of prayer. When he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong, Put up a good fight When he told you you're not worthy When he told you you're not loved When he told you you're not beautiful You'll never be enough Fear is a liar He will take your breath Stop you in your steps. Fear is a liar. You rob your rest, steal your happiness, cast your fear in the fire. Cause fear, he is a liar.
in closing um, <clears throat> another story not a story about Steve but when Steve would say goodbye you remember what he used to say it was usually a two word thing what did he say maybe today Steve knew that someday Jesus was coming back he understood that in his mind and we know it too we need to tell others before that day happens because then it's going to be too late and if, if Jesus told his disciples 2019 years ago that he's going to come back for them someday and they believed it, we should believe it too. Time's got to be getting close. So again, it's our responsibility to tell others about Jesus Christ. So do what you can and don't be afraid. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this message today. We thank you for the word of God that we can read and apply to our lives. And Lord, I just pray that each person in here would really understand that maybe you will come back today. And Lord, if that happens, there's maybe somebody that we should have spoken to that we just put off. So, Lord, give us the courage and give us the boldness, as Peter and John had, Lord, to speak your truth to everybody that we see. Lord, give us that boldness and give us that fire, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. Thank you.